The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for July 19th, 2023. The New York Mets are one of a few teams that can call themselves a bigger disappointment than the White Sox because all they have to show for their $380 million after-tax payroll is a team that entered the series seven games under 500 and well out of both the NL East and wildcard races. And after Tuesday night's opener against the White Sox, Sox fans who have been following the Mets should be more or less up to speed. The Mets beat the White Sox 11-10, but nobody leaves feeling good about it. They led 5-0 after 1, 6-1 after 2, and 11-4 after 6, only to come within 90 feet of needing to play the bottom of the ninth. The Sox exploded for 5 runs in the 7th, then almost tagged old friend David Robertson with a blown save in the ninth. Andrew Benintendi came through with an RBI single that also advanced Elvis Andrews to 3rd, but while Tim Anderson notched 3 hits in the night, his bid for a 4th resulted in a flyout to center that ended the game. On the White Sox side, if they're going to lose, at least they had the decency to make it wildly entertaining. At the halfway point, it looked like a pair of doubles, Tim Anderson's first since June 9th, and a screamer from Jake Berger, both scoring runs, might have been the highlights of the whole game. Then came the seventh, which is where the Mets started to unravel. The White Sox had two on and one out when Andrew Vaughn hit a chopper to the left side. Brett Beatty chose to go to the second to get Tim Anderson instead of settling for the easy out at first, but Anderson had such a huge secondary lead that he beat the throw, turning a second out into a bases-loading fielder's choice. Jake Berger then almost unloaded the bases himself, but his deep drive to the left center gap hit off the top of the wall, and he had to settle for a two-run double that made it 11-6. Fortunately, that one missing foot didn't matter, because Yasmani Grandal followed with a two-run single to fill in the gaps. Zach Remillard blooped a single to center, Carlos Perez pinch hit for Oscar Colas and drew a walk to load the bases, and while Sebi Zavala struck out to end the inning, he witnessed a run scoring pass ball along the way to make it 11-9. Reynaldo Lopez pitched a scoreless seventh, and Keenan Middleton handled the eighth with varying amounts of drama, and the White Sox almost closed the gap at the end. Grandal started with the walk off Robertson, and when it appeared that he might stay there after a Remillard pop out in a Gavin Sheets lineout, Andrews came off the bench to pitch hit for Zavala and drew a walk to turn over the lineup. Benintendi then followed with the single through the middle to score Grandal and advance Andrews to third. That's when Anderson came to the plate, and while he was able to coax a mistake out of Robertson with a hanging slider over the middle, he couldn't do damage with it. 
Still, the White Sox had a tremendous night offensively, at least through the first six spots. Benintendi and Anderson each reached base four times, and they combined for five runs. Berger drove in three runs with his pair of doubles, and Yasmani Grandal had a renaissance game, going two for three at the homer, two walks, three RBIs, and three runs scored. The Sox even drew six walks and a hit-by-pitch to go along with their 12 hits. The only drawback was the night of Lucas Giolito. If this was his last start in a White Sox uniform, it wasn't much of one. He gave up eight runs over three and two-thirds innings, including a five-run first that set the tone. He came out spraying his fastball all over the place, and any attempt to get back in the zone ended up in hittable places. He gave up a homer on his fastball, a homer on his slider, and a homer on his changeup, and his early exit meant that the White Sox lower leverage guys had to sop up some innings. Brian Shaw allowed an inherited runner to score, then he left an inherited runner for Tanner Banks, who paid the favor forward by allowing a Jeff McNeil RBI single, which preceded Francisco Alvarez's second homer in the night. It was a two-run shot that gave the Mets an 11-4 lead, and then happened to be the precise amount of runs they needed to win the game. Giolito's ERA rose to 3.96, and it doesn't exactly help his trade value. It might not hurt that much either, but if a team were skeptical about his ability to be a difference maker in October, this performance might confirm some priors. Giolito won't get another crack at it until Sunday at the earliest, but in the meantime, Tuki Toussaint will face Justin Verlander tonight in Game 2 of this series. Toussaint has pitched at least five innings in each of his last two outings, so he's earned the chance for his first real start, as opposed to opening a bullpen game and seeing how long he can go. He'll face Verlander, who has overcome a tough injury-altered beginning to his Mets career, but he's still walking more guys than usual, including six over five innings against the Dodgers his last time out. First pitch is at 6.10pm Central on NBC Sports Chicago. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Down on the farm, the Charlotte Knights were shut out for the third time in four games, losing 4-0 to Memphis. Yohan Mankata went 0-4 for at the strikeout as he continues his rehab stint, and Lenin Sosa was 1-4. for The Birmingham Barons rallied for three runs in the ninth to walk off Chattanooga 9-8. Jose Rodriguez went 2-5 for with a homer and a double, and Luis Mieses, Joaquí Cespedes, and Adam Hackenberg set up the game-winning rally, which Xavier Fernandez kept off with the winning single. Winston-Salem followed suit with a four-run eighth to beat Jersey Shore 7-6. Jacob Burke drew a walk in his final plate appearance, so he's now reached base safely in all 49 games he's played this season. Colson Montgomery went 0-2 for with two walks, and Lloyd Chappelle hit a three-run homer. The Canapolis Cannonballers were shut out by the Carolina Mudcats 6-0, and Shane Murphy gave up all six of those runs in a rare off night for him. 
In rookie ball, the ACL White Sox lost to the Dodgers 8-5 as they were only limited to three hits, but the DSL White Sox beat the DSL Marlins 10-9. Rafael Alvarez hit his first professional homer along with being plunked three times. Around the league, the White Sox and the Mets had plenty of company. They were among a dozen teams that scored at least 10 runs, which hadn't been done in a single day since 13 teams posted double-digit run totals on July 4, 1894. All five AL Central teams reached 10 runs. The Twins got there in the ninth inning of their 10-3 victory over Seattle, while the Guardians clobbered the Pirates 10-1. I don't think anybody saw the Royals and Tigers combining for 21 runs, with Kansas City ending up on the winning side in an 11-10 score. The Giants also beat the Reds in an 11-10 game, even though Christian Encarnacion Strand hit a three-run homer in his MLB debut. Wilmer Flores hit two homers himself and drove in five as the Giants have won five straight, while the Reds have lost six in a row. The Dodgers cooled off the Orioles 10-3, while the Cubs ran up the score on the Nationals 17-3. But all of those games were mere undercards to the Diamondbacks and Braves, who combined for 29 runs in a wild back-and-forth affair, ending in a 16-13 Arizona victory. The Diamondbacks survived a 7-RBI night from Austin Riley, although Christian Walker had 5 RBIs himself. If you are still paying attention to the AL Central standings, the White Sox are now 9 games behind the Twins, who hold a 1.5 game lead over Cleveland. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox Wake Up Call. Visit SoxMachine.com to talk about the game, the night on the farm, and I think I'll be following up with some thoughts about a Dylan Cease trade rumor that surfaced on Tuesday. If you are new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to it wherever podcasts are found. And if you like what you hear and want to support what we do, you can support us at patreon.com slash SoxMachine, where supporters get an ad-free version of the site and show with bonus content on both. Plans start at $2 a month. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine Podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.